0: Question 98 of Summa Theologica Prima Secunde, Treatise on Law. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Summa Theologica Prima Secunde, Treatise on Law, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 98 of the Old Law, in six articles. In due sequence, we must now consider the Old Law, and 1. The law itself, 2. Its precepts. Under the first head, there are six points of inquiry. First, whether the Old Law was good. Second, whether it was from God. Third, whether it came from him through the angels. Fourth, whether it was given to all. Fifth, whether it was binding on all. Sixth, whether it was given at a suitable time. First Article. Whether the old law was good. Objection 1. It would seem that the old law was not good for it is written in Ezekiel 20.25, I gave them statutes that were not good and judgments in which they shall not live. But a law is not said to be good except on account of the goodness of the precepts that it contains. Therefore, the old law was not good. Objection to, further, it belongs to the goodness of a law. That it conduce to the common welfare, as Isidore says in his Etymologies 5.3. But the old law was not salutary, rather it was deadly and hurtful. For the apostle says in Romans 7.8 and following, Without the law sin was dead, and I lived some time without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died again he says in romans five twenty, law entered in that sin might abound therefore the old law was not good objection three further it belongs to the goodness of the law that it should be possible to obey it both according to nature and according to human custom but such the old law was not since peter said in Acts 15.10, Why tempt you, God, to put a yoke on the necks of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? Therefore, it seems that the old law was not good. On the contrary, the Apostle says in Romans 7.12, Wherefore the law indeed is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good i answer that without any doubt the old law was good for just as a doctrine is shown to be good by the fact that it accords with right reason so is a law proved to be good if it accords with reason now the old law was in accordance with reason because it repressed concupiscence which is in conflict with reason as evidenced by the commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Exodus twenty seventeen. Moreover, the same law forbade all kinds of sin, and these two are contrary to reason. Consequently, it is evident that it was a good law. The apostle argues in the same way in Romans 7. I am delighted, he says, at verse 22 with the law of God according to the inward man, and again in verse 16, I consent to the law that it is good. But it must be noted that the good has various degrees, as Dionysius states in the Divine Names 4. For there is a perfect good and an imperfect good, in things ordained to an end. There is perfect goodness when a thing is such that it is sufficient in itself to conduce to the end, while there is imperfect goodness when a thing is of some assistance in attaining to the end, but is not sufficient for the realization thereof. Thus a medicine is perfectly good if it gives health to a man, but it is imperfect if it helps to cure him without being able to bring him back to health. Again it must be observed that the end of human law is different from the end of divine law. For the end of human law is the temporal tranquillity of the state, which end law effects by directing external actions as regards those evils which might disturb the peaceful condition of the state. On the other hand, the end of the divine law is to bring man to that end which is everlasting happiness, which end is hindered by any sin, not only of external, but also of internal action. Consequently, that which suffices for the perfection of human law, notably the prohibition and punishment of sin, does not suffice for the perfection of the divine law. But it is requisite that it should make man altogether fit to partake of everlasting happiness. Now this cannot be done save by the grace of the Holy Ghost, whereby charity, which fulfilleth the law, is spread abroad in our hearts, according to Romans 5.5, since the grace of God is life everlasting, according to Romans 6.23. But the old law could not confer this grace, for this was reserved to Christ because, as it is written in John one seventeen, the law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Consequently, the old law was good indeed, but imperfect, according to Hebrews 7.19, the law brought nothing to perfection. Reply to objection one. The Lord refers there the ceremonial precepts, which are said not to be good, because they did not confer grace unto the remission of sins, although by fulfilling these precepts man confessed himself a sinner. Hence it is said pointedly, and judgments in which they shall not live, that is, whereby they are unable to obtain life. And so the text goes on, and I polluted them, that is showed them to be polluted in their own gifts when they offered all that opened the womb for their offences reply to objection 2 the law is said to have been deadly as being not the cause but the occasion of death on account of its imperfection in so far as it did not confer grace enabling man to fulfil what is prescribed and to avoid what it forbade. Hence this occasion was not given to men, but taken by them. Wherefore the apostle says in Romans 5.11, Sin, taking occasion by the commandment, seduced me, and by it killed me. In the same sense, when it is said that, The law entered in, that sin might abound, the conjunction that must be taken as consecutive and not final, in so far as men, taking occasion from the law, sinned all the more, both because a sin became more grievous after law had forbidden it, and because concupiscence increased, since we desire a thing the more from its being forbidden. Reply to objections free. The yoke of the law could not be borne without the help of grace, which the law did not confer, for it is written in Romans 9.16, It is not him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, notably, that he wills and runs in the commandments of God, but of God that showeth mercy. Wherefore it is written in Psalm 118, verse 32, I have run the way of thy commandments, when thou didst enlarge my heart, that is, by giving me grace and charity. Second Article Whether the Old Law Was From God Objection 1. It would seem that the Old Law was not from God, for it is written in Deuteronomy 32, four. The works of God are perfect, but the law was imperfect, as stated above in Article 1. Therefore, the old law was not from God. Objection to. Further, it is written in Ecclesiastes 3.14, I have learned that all the works which God hath made continue forever. But the old law does not continue forever, since the apostle says in Hebrews 7.18, There is indeed a setting aside of the former commandment, because of the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. Therefore, the old law was not from God. Objection three further, a wise lawgiver should remove not only evil, but also the occasions of evil. But the old law was an occasion of sin, as stated above in Article 1, Second Reply. Therefore, the giving of such a law does not pertain to God to whom none is like among the lawgivers, according to Job 36.22. Objection 4. Further, it is written in First Timothy 2.4 that God will have all men to be saved. But the old law did not suffice to save man, as stated above in Article 1. Therefore, the giving of such a law did not appertain to God. Therefore, the old law was not from God. On the contrary, our Lord said in Matthew fifteen six, while speaking to the Jews to whom the law was given, you have made void the commandment of God for your tradition and shortly before in verse four he had said honor thy father and mother which is contained expressly in the old law confer exodus twenty verse twelve deuteronomy five sixteen therefore the old law was from god i answer that the old law was given by the good God, who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the old law ordained men to Christ in two ways. First, by bearing witness to Christ, wherefore he himself says in Luke twenty-four forty-four, All things must needs be fulfilled, which are written in the law and in the prophets and in the psalms concerning me. And in John 5, 46, if you did believe Moses, you would perhaps believe me also, for he wrote of me. Secondly, as a kind of disposition, since by withdrawing men from idolatrous worship it enclosed, concludebat, them in the worship of one God, by whom the human race was to be saved through Christ. Wherefore the apostle says in Galatians 3.23, Before the faith came, we were kept under the law shut up, conclusi, unto that faith which was to be revealed. Now, it is evident that the same thing it is which gives a disposition to the end and which brings it to the end. And when I say the same, I mean that it does so either by itself or through its subjects. For the devil would not make a law whereby men would be led to Christ, who was to cast him out, according to Matthew 12.26. If Satan cast out Satan, his kingdom is divided. Therefore, the old law was given by the same God, from whom came salvation to man, through the grace of Christ. Reply to objection one nothing prevents a thing being not perfect simply, and yet perfect in respect of time. Thus a boy is said to be perfect, not simply, but with regard to the condition of time. So too, precepts that are given to children are perfect in comparison with the condition of those to whom they are given, although they are not perfect simply. Hence the apostle says in Galatians 3.24, The law was our pedagogue in Christ. Reply to Objection 2. Those works of God endure forever, which God so made so that they would endure forever. And these are his perfect works. But the old law was set aside when there came the perfection of grace, not as though it were evil, but as being weak and useless for this time because, as the Apostle goes on to say, the law brought nothing to perfection. Hence he says in Galatians 3.25, After the faith is come, we are no longer under a pedagogue. Reply to Objection 3. As stated above in Question 79, Article 4, God sometimes permits certain ones to fall into sin, that they may thereby be humbled. So also did he wish to give such a law as men by their own forces could not fulfill, so that, while presuming on their own powers, they might find themselves to be sinners, and being humbled might have recourse to the help of grace. Reply to Objection 4 Although the old law did not suffice to save man, yet another help from God besides the law was available for man, notably, faith in the Mediator, by which the fathers of old were justified even as we were. Accordingly, God did not fail man by giving him insufficient aids to salvation. Third article, whether the old law was given through the angels. Objection 1. It seems that the old law was not given through the angels, but immediately by God, for an angel means a messenger, so that the word angel denotes ministry, not lordship, according to Psalm 102, verses 20 and 21. Bless the Lord, all ye his angels, you ministers of his. But the old law is related to have been given by the Lord, for it is written in Exodus 20, verse 1. And the Lord spoke these words, and further on, I am the Lord thy God. Moreover, the same expression is often repeated in Exodus and the later books of the law. Therefore, the law was given by God immediately. Objection to, further, according to John 1.17, the law was given by Moses but Moses received it from God immediately, for it is written in Exodus 33.11, The Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man is wont to speak to his friend. Therefore, the old law was given by God immediately. Objection three further, it belongs to the sovereign alone to make a law, as stated above in question ninety article three. But God alone is sovereign as regards the salvation of souls, while the angels are the ministering spirits, as stated in Hebrews 1.14. Therefore, it was not meet for the law to be given through the angels, since it is ordained to the salvation of souls. On the contrary, the apostle says in Galatians 3.19 that the law was given by angels in the hand of a mediator and stephen said in acts 753 who have received the law by the disposition of angels i answer that the law was given by god through the angels and besides the general reason given by dionysius in on the celestial hierarchy for notably that The gifts of God should be brought to men by means of the angels. There is a special reason why the old law should have been given through them. For it has been stated, in Articles 1 and 2, that the old law was imperfect, and yet disposed man to that perfect salvation of the human race, which was to come through Christ. Now it is to be observed that wherever there is an order of powers or arts, He that holds the highest place himself exercises the principal and perfect acts, or those things which dispose to the ultimate perfection are effected by him through his subordinates. Thus the shipbuilder himself rivets the planks together, but prepares the material by means of the workmen who assist him under his direction. Consequently, it was fitting that the perfect law of the new testament should be given by the incarnate god immediately but that the old law should be given to men by the ministers of god that is by the angels it is thus that the apostle at the beginning of his epistle to the hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 proves the excellence of the new law over the old because in the new testament God hath spoken to us by his Son, whereas in the Old Testament the word was spoken by angels. Hebrews 2.2 Reply to Objection 1 As Gregory says at the beginning of his Morals, The angel who is described to have appeared to Moses is sometimes mentioned as an angel, sometimes as the Lord an angel, in truth, in respect of that which was subservient to the external delivery, and the Lord, because he was the director within, who supported the effectual power of speaking. Hence also it is that the angel spoke as personating the Lord. Reply to objection to, as Augustine says in On the Literal Meaning of Genesis, 1227. It is stated in Exodus that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, and shortly afterwards we read, Show me thy glory. Therefore he perceived what he saw, and he desired what he saw not. Hence he did not see the very essence of God, and consequently he was not taught by him immediately accordingly when scripture states that he spoke to him face to face this is to be understood as expressing the opinion of the people who thought that moses was speaking with god mouth to mouth when god spoke and appeared to him by means of a subordinate creature that is an angel and a cloud again we may say that this vision face to face means some kind of sublime and familiar contemplation inferior to the vision of the divine essence reply to objection three it is for the sovereign alone to make a law by his own authority but sometimes after making a law he promulgates it through others thus god made the law by his own authority but he promulgated it through the angels fourth article whether the old law should have been given to the jews alone objection one it would seem that the old law should not have been given to the jews alone for the old law disposed men for the salvation which was to come through christ as stated above in articles 2 and 3 but that salvation was to come not to the jews alone but to all nations according to isaiah 49 6 It is a small thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to convert the dregs of Israel. Behold, I have given thee to be the light of the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation, even to the farthest part of the earth. Therefore, the old law should have been given to all nations, and not to one people only. Objection to further according to acts 10 verses 34 and 35 god is not a respecter of persons but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh justice is acceptable to him therefore the way of salvation should not have been open to one people more than to another objection three further The law was given through the angels, as stated above in Article 3. But God always vouchsafed the ministrations of the angels, not to the Jews alone, but to all nations. For it is written in Ecclesiasticus 1714, Over every nation he set a ruler. Also on all nations he bestows temporal goods, which are of less account with God than spiritual goods therefore he should have given the law also to all peoples on the contrary it is written in romans 3 verses 1 and 2 what advantage then hath the jew much every way first indeed because the words of god were committed to them and in psalm 147 verse 9 He hath not done in like manner to every nation, and his judgments he hath not made manifest unto them. I answer that it might be assigned as a reason for the law being given to the Jews rather than to other peoples, that the Jewish people alone remained faithful to the worship of one God, while the others turned away to idolatry. Wherefore the latter were unworthy to receive the law, lest a holy thing should be given to dogs but this reason does not seem fitting because that people turned to idolatry even after the law had been made which was more grievous as is clear from exodus 32 and from amos chapter 5 verses 25 and 26 did you offer victims and sacrifices to me in the desert for forty years o house of israel but you carried a tabernacle for your moloch, and the image of your idols, the star of your God, which you made to yourselves. Moreover, it is stated expressly in Deuteronomy 9.6, Know therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this excellent land in possession for thy justices, for thou art a very stiff-necked people but the real reason is given in the preceding verse that the lord might accomplish his word which he promised by oath to the fathers abraham isaac and jacob what this promise was is shown by the apostle who says in galatians three sixteen that to abraham were the promises made and to his seed he saith not And to his seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is Christ and so God vouchsafed both the law and other special boons to that people on account of the promise made to their fathers that Christ should be born of them for it was fitting that the people of whom Christ was to be born should be signalized by a special sanctification according to the words of Leviticus 19.2. Be ye holy, because I am holy. Nor again was it on account of the merit of Abraham himself that this promise was made to him, notably that Christ should be born of his seed, but of gratuitous election and vocation. Hence it is written in Isaiah 41, verse 2, Who hath raised up the just one from the east, hath called him to follow him? It is therefore evident that it was merely from gratuitous election that the patriarchs received the promise, and that the people sprung from them received the law, according to Deuteronomy 4, verses 36 and 37. Ye did hear his words out of the midst of the fire, because he loved thy fathers, and chose their seed after them. And if again it asked why he chose this people, and not another, that Christ might be born thereof, a fitting answer is given by Augustine, in his tract on the Gospel of John, 27. Why he draweth one, and draweth not another. Seek not thou to judge, if thou wish not to err. reply to objection one although the salvation which was to come through christ was prepared for all nations yet it was necessary that christ should be born of one people which for this reason was privileged above other peoples according to romans 9 4 to whom namely the jews belongeth the adoption as of children of god and the testament and the giving of the law whose are the father's, and of whom is Christ according to the flesh." Reply to Objection 2 Respect of persons takes place in those things which are given according to due, but it has no place in those things which are bestowed gratuitously. Because he who, out of generosity, gives of his own to one and not to another is not a respecter of persons. But if he were a dispenser of goods held in common, and were not to distribute them according to personal merits, he would be a respecter of persons. Now God bestows the benefits of salvation on the human race gratuitously, wherefore he is not a respecter of persons, if he gives them to some rather than to others. Hence Augustine says in On the Predestination of the Saints, 8 all whom god teaches he teaches out of pity but whom he teaches not out of justice he teaches not for this is due to the condemnation of the human race for the sin of the first parent reply to objection three the benefits of grace are forfeited by man on account of sin but not the benefits of nature Among the latter are the ministries of the angels, which the very order of various natures demands, notably, that the lowest beings be governed through the intermediate beings, and also bodily aids, which God vouchsafes, not only to men, but also to beasts, according to Psalm 35, 7. Men and beasts, thou wilt preserve, O Lord. Fifth Article, Whether All Men Were Bound to Observe the Old Law Objection 1. It would seem that all men were bound to observe the old law, because whoever is subject to the king must needs be subject to his law. But the old law was given by God, who is King of all the earth, according to Psalm forty-six, eight. Therefore, all the inhabitants of the earth were bound to observe the law objection to further the jews could not be saved without observing the old law for it is written in deuteronomy twenty seven twenty six cursed be he that abideth not in the words of this law and fulfilleth them not in work if therefore other men could be saved without the observance of the old law, the Jews would be in a worse plight than other men. Objection three. Further, the Gentiles were admitted to the Jewish ritual and to the observances of the law, for it is written in Exodus twelve forty eight, If any stranger be willing to dwell among you, and to keep the phase of the Lord, and his males shall first be circumcised and then he shall celebrate it according to the manner and he shall be as he that is born in the land but it would have been useless to admit strangers to the legal observances according to divine ordinance if they could have been saved without the observance of the law therefore none could be saved without observing the law on the contrary Dionysius says in On the Celestial Hierarchy, 9, that many of the Gentiles were brought back to God by the angels. But it is clear that the Gentiles did not observe the law. Therefore, some could be saved without observing the law. I answer that the old law showed forth the precepts of the natural law, And added certain precepts of its own. Accordingly, as to those precepts of the natural law contained in the old law, all were bound to observe the old law, not because they belonged to the old law, but because they belonged to the natural law. But as to those precepts which were added by the old law, they were not binding on any save the Jewish people alone. The reason of this is because the old law, as stated above in Article 4, was given to the Jewish people that it might receive a prerogative of holiness in reverence for Christ who is to be born of that people. Now whatever laws are enacted for the special sanctification of certain ones are binding on them alone. Thus clerics, who are set aside for the service of God, are bound to certain obligations to which the laity are not bound. Likewise, religious are bound by their profession to certain works of perfection, to which people living in the world are not bound. In like manner, this people was bound to certain special observances, to which other peoples were not bound. Wherefore it is written in Deuteronomy 18.13 Thou shalt be perfect and without spot before the Lord thy God. And for this reason they used a kind of form of profession, as appears from Deuteronomy 26, three. I profess this day before the Lord thy God, etc. Reply to Objection 1. Whoever are subject to a king are bound to observe his law which he makes for all in general but if he orders certain things to be observed by the servants of his household, others are not bound thereto. Reply to Objection 2 The more a man is united to God, the better his state becomes. Wherefore, the more the Jewish people were bound to the worship of God, the greater their excellence over other peoples. Hence it is written, in Deuteronomy 4.8, what other nation is there so renowned that hath ceremonies and just judgments and all the law in like manner from this point of view the state of clerics is better than that of the laity and the state of religious than that of folk living in the world reply to objection three the gentiles obtain salvation more perfectly and more securely under the observances of the law than under the mere natural law and for this reason they were admitted to them so too the laity are now admitted to the ranks of the clergy and secular persons to those of the religious although they can be saved without this sixth article whether the old law was suitably given at the time of moses Objection 1. It would seem that the old law was not suitably given at the time of Moses. Because the old law disposed man for the salvation which was to come through Christ, as stated above in articles 2 and 3. But man needed this salutary remedy immediately after he had sinned. Therefore, the law should have been given immediately after sin. Objection 2. Further, The old law was given for the sanctification of those from whom Christ was to be born. Now the promise concerning the seed which is Christ, according to Galatians 3.16, was first made to Abraham, as related in Genesis 12.7. Therefore, the law should have been given at once at the time of Abraham. Objection 3. Further, as christ was born of those alone who descended from noah through abraham to whom the promise was made so was he born of no other of the descendants of abraham but david to whom the promise was renewed according to second kings twenty three one the man to whom it was appointed concerning the christ of the god of jacob said therefore the old law should have been given after david just as it was given after Abraham. On the contrary, the apostle says in Galatians 3.19 that the law was set because of transgressions, until the seed should come to whom he made the promise, being ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Ordained, that is, given in orderly fashion as the gloss explains. Therefore, it was fitting that the old law should be given in this order of time. I answer that it was most fitting for the law to be given at the time of Moses. The reason for this may be taken from two things in respect of which every law is imposed on two kinds of men. Because it is imposed on some men who are hard-hearted and proud, whom the law restrains and tames, and it is imposed on good men who, through being instructed by the law, are helped to fulfill what they desire to do. Hence it was fitting that the law should be given at such a time as would be appropriate for the overcoming of man's pride. For man was proud of two things, notably, of knowledge and of power. He was proud of his knowledge as though his natural reason could suffice him for salvation and accordingly in order that his pride might be overcome in this matter man was left to the guidance of his reason without the help of written law and man was able to learn from experience that his reason was deficient since about the time of Abraham man had fallen headlong into idolatry and the most shameful vices Wherefore, after those times, it was necessary for a written law to be given as a remedy for human ignorance, because by the law is the knowledge of sin, according to Romans 3.20. But after man had been instructed by the law, his pride was convinced of his weakness, through his being unable to fulfill what he knew. Hence, as the Apostle concludes in Romans 8, verses 3 and 4, What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own Son, that the justification of the law might be fulfilled in us. With regard to good men, the law was given to them as a help, which was most needed by the people at the time when the natural law began to be obscured on account of the exuberance of sin. For it was fitting that this help should be bestowed on men in an orderly manner, so that they might be led from imperfection to perfection. Wherefore it was becoming that the old law should be given between the law of nature and the law of grace. Reply to Objection 1. It was not fitting for the old law to be given at once after the sin of the first man, Both because man was so confident in his own reason that he did not acknowledge his need of the old law Because as yet the dictate of the natural law was not darkened by habitual sinning Reply to objection two. A law should not be given save to the people Since it is a general precept as stated above in question 90 articles 2 and 3 wherefore at the time of abraham god gave men certain familiar and as it were household precepts but when abraham's descendants had multiplied so as to form a people and when they had been freed from slavery it was fitting that they should be given a law for slaves are not that part of the people or state to which it is fitting for the law to be directed as the philosopher says in Politics 3, 2, 4, and 5. Reply to Objection 3. Since the law had to be given to the people, not only those of whom Christ was born received the law, but the whole people who are marked with the seal of circumcision, which was the sign of the promise made to Abraham and in which he believed, according to Romans 4.11 hence even before david the law had to be given to that people as soon as they were collected together end of question ninety eight read by michael shane craig lambert l c